all right we are on uh, let's go welcome to another episode of the uru labs podcast the soapbox for urban sustainability i am satya shankaran and with me is uh, neerav kodolikar so the two of us over the last few weeks have been uh, thinking about the future of bicycle sharing systems because we've been doing the work around uh, uh, the last mile connectivity and things like that and we decided to talk to someone who's actually doing it right so arjit soni is here he runs one of the few bicycle sharing systems in the country welcome arjit to the podcast hey hi satya morning i neerav thank you so much for ha- having me here and he is here to answer this question that me and nira wanted to ask everyone and try to answer as well will bicycle sharing systems work in india what do you think arjit so uh, i mean uh, it's a it's a pretty broad question uh, i i certainly believe that uh, public bicycle sharing has a great future in this country uh, i just wish hmm. that we had more players Uh, in this space and uh, you know not pivoted to scooters just because they couldn't get it right the first time mm. so i am uh, for one somebody is saying i don't like being a monopoly but uh, not monopoly <laughs> there are a few but not as many as you would like like you said but what do you think is going uh, uh, going on so let let's tackle the question of do you really think people in india want to cycle we i've heard many things it's an aspirational economy uh, we are gaining more wealth and we want to buy more expensive vehicles for ourselves if that is the prevailing attitude why would somebody want to pick up a bicycle shared or uh, otherwise purely because convenience sells and a bicycle is a more convenient alternative uh then a private vehicle or a private scooter and while while in cities like bangalore and mumbai it's pretty established that public transport is more convenient than a private vehicle other cities will sooner or later realize this uh so it's not about what you aspire to be you may still aspire to buy a car and park it in your garage but you won't be able to use it much and uh you will have to switch to public transport for your as a primary means of commute and for your first and last mile connectivity the bicycle will play an instrumental role so as simple as that uh, it's more convenient yeah. no i do agree with you i think uh, larger cities are increasingly getting congested right i mean you've seen in many cities you've been to these cities you come around and meet uh, people here the cities are increasingly getting congested and the the solution is in trying to provide more choices of uh modes right yesterday i was speaking to someone about this mode choice thing we don't seem to have this choice so somebody wants to ride a bicycle the choice of having access to the bicycle doesn't seem to exist for him and uh, but but public bicycle sharing for the viewers i think i should we should just uh, probably define bicycle sharing right it's a you correct me if i'm wrong you're the one who's running it but if if uh, a person wants to have access to a bicycle quickly when he's getting out of a a train or a bus or something like that you are making it available just like an auto rickshaw on call you are having it there so so a person can pay for it quickly rent it and go do his job and then have ac- basically have access to it there are different models of uh, bicycle sharing that are around but one of them is the, the key underlying factor is for you to rent a bicycle quickly right and on the spot and not necessarily yeah. have to do that Is that a good enough definition, uh, Arjit, of bicycle sharing? Yes, yes, it is. It is. 
and how have you seen that system emerge over the years that you have been trying to do that has it has the model changed because we have heard of all of these people who have come and failed right uh, what what uh, what what are you trying to do differently so uh, satya uh, you know since day one uh, uh, and i also narrated the story on shark tank that you know the idea that i got of my bike was through my own um, life struggle of getting a rickshaw to go from my hostel to andheri and similarly a cab from the other to my office so the idea was originally to buy two bicycles one to go from my hostel to andheri and park it there and the other to take from the other and go to office and that idea stuck with me so when i being a chartered accountant studied the other public bike share systems across the globe uh, this was way back in 2012 13 when you had the likes of city bike and barclay cycle hire they were the predominant successful public bike shares i was taken aback by the exorbitant pricing that these systems have uh, even today like if you simply translate them simply straight away translate dollars to rupees uh, it wouldn't have worked and because i am a chartered accountant luckily my education helped me there because when i was doing the business modeling i could find out that there is an inherent flaw in the operating model because of which uh, you know the operating model is becoming complex you are creating more number of stations and uh, as a result your fixed costs are increasing your asset utilization is getting poor and as a result the service is becoming exorbitantly expensive so the fundamental difference that my bike has adopted uh, the fundamental difference in our approach compared to all other public bike shares across the globe is we have not implemented it on a paper right model we give mm-hmm. that option to the user but we have always focused on a subscription based public bike share model now mm-hmm. how does this become better for the user and both for the operator the moment you sell or you rent a bicycle on a daily weekly or monthly unlimited subscriptions you eliminate the need to create a station near the user's point of origin and user's point of destination so if i were to come to bangalore tomorrow and set my shop i just have to create presence across the entire namma metro corridor that would be about 50 odd stations um i could be wrong i don't have the latest numbers yeah i don't know about that I, i can straight away start in bangalore with a minimal investment of 50 stations and say 10 bikes a station and as the user base keeps on growing i can keep augmenting and adding more and more cycles to the fleet what other players did and where they failed is they went they they copied the uh, chinese dockless bike share model you know and because my bike was bootstrap we were not under the influence of venture money to grow our top line and grow some statistics we followed what is right for the consumer and right for the business but because these players got misled by chasing the statistics of number of trips per bike uh you know and as a result they try to create these this complex system a cluster based approach where you create multiple stations across the city and you try to generate more trips per bike uh what happened as a result is you created more number of stations your business got more complex you had more stations to make your inventory available then the worst thing they did was they initially didn't implement geofencing so they let the users drop and pick the bike anywhere in the city now Theoretically, it sounds very convenient, right? If I'm a user, I can bring the bike all the way to my office. But let's look at the journey of the next user. He still has to walk to the bike. So you are again creating a first and last mile problem while trying to solve the first and last mile problem. And then the previous user would have parked it in his basement, or he would have taken it in his lift and parked it at his floor. So while the app would show that the bicycle is there, you can't access it, right? 
so that leads to a bad user experience then luckily some of the players learned that they have to implement geofencing even though the technology is dockless but then they while they created these zones they didn't invest in creating a physical identity for these zones so wow. they didn't put in a physical marker or a physical station which tells the user that this is where i'm supposed to park the bicycle what that led to is users were left guessing that okay i'm supposed to park on this side of the road or this side of the road let me try with the app oh the app has accepted my request so now you have to stand here but the cycle is parked here and uh, you are inviting vandalism you are inviting user to not care for your asset and once the assets get vandalized once the assets um once you know you're passing by the road and you see that the cycle has fallen on day 1 then you see it fallen on day 2 and day 3 and you realize hey nobody really cares about this right and that has that is what has led to the failure of public bike share uh if i can answer I mean, no fair fair much. enough no fair enough i think there are lots of uh, gaps in the true public bike share model in which you said the assets will be truly in the public domain what you have found if i understand rightly is an in between which is a rental on a subscription which is not it is public to the nature of interchange at the point you you're creating an interchange point where you're saying you don't own this bike you own subscrip- subscription to a bike service which allows you to leave this bike and take another one from me and kind of mimic the public bicycle sharing without the uh, without the problems on the uh, other end right so you kind of adapted it to say last mile with public transport but theoretically like you said it is possible that this can be truly public owned and not but it requires a lot of maturity and it requires a lot of volumes as well right if you need to sweat this asset if you need to sweat it you don't necessarily need to if you're getting the money that is required from the user there is no need for you to sweat that asset if the person is owning it as long as it is in the you need to sweat it as long as it is in the stations right so you can't leave it idle there but if it's idle in the hands of the person he's anyway paying for it if he's if you're assured of that payment yes. you don't have to worry that's your nice thing that's a very good model i feel that's a kind of between a rental and a pbs you've struck a nice balance not uh, only that right? satya i'll just add here sorry to interrupt you look at the end no, user no, no. convenience he is getting connectivity right from his home right and and all he has to do is make a choice if it's a short commute he can go directly to his end point without the need to go to a station but if it's a long commute you can go to the nearest public transit swap the bike with another one where he gets down and ride it to his destination so it's also better for the end user it's also better for the asset life and it's also better for the operator <laughs> i know there's a lot of complexity solved because the person is keeping it in his door and uh, inside his gate and that is to zero last mile because it's inside his gate which is anyway where you said some of these people take it uh, so there's a nice balance that is there but let's come back to saying that if this is okay yeah yeah go ahead is can the user actually take the bikes let's just say inside the gate and have have it with them overnight and the particular bike absolutely absolutely okay. it's his personal bike he can ride it oh. like he owns it yeah yeah because actually i think this would be interesting for you to note and the viewers uh, watching this is my undergrad thesis was actually in evaluating how public, i mean how public bicycle systems are implemented in bangalore looking at one particular provider that was dominant then and what are the barriers to implementing public bicycle sharing so speaking on the different models that you just touched upon it one key factor was as you mentioned the complexity of actually maintaining a dockless system 
But when I was actually evaluating all of these different models, then I don't think there was a provider that had a subscription-based service. No, it wasn't there. It wasn't and there. yeah, so hence that was something that I just left, but it was noted in my thesis that it is also a possibility. It has been implemented. I think somewhere in the states, one particular uh, county in 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 in, uh, in the United States had implemented a subscription-based service, but the one that also was just a pilot with a uh, dozen or dozen or so bytes, not at the scale of uh, um, you know the uh, biggest the biggest bytes. yeah the biggest lacuna of a subscription-based model is it's more capital-intensive, so you are practically blocking mm-hmm. one asset per user. One of the parallels that we can draw is a brand called Swapfeeds based out of Netherlands. They also oh. are a bicycle subscription company. Right. Uh, they have more or less a similar model that we are professing here. Yeah. Got it. Got it. But another question that I'd like to ask you in terms of, I mean, taking an aside from the business model per se, how do you tackle the, give us the infrastructure first mindset, then we'll cycle. Because that is something that I guess you need to take care of as an operator or tackle as an operator. So how are you navigating this? So, you know, I've closely observed this uh, classic chicken and egg problem. And uh, if I take example of Ahmedabad, uh, we had cycle lanes here when the BRTS came up uh, maybe 10, 15 years back. And these lanes got encroached upon because there was no PBS around that. So, you know, we have to be very careful when we demand for infrastructure because if we demand for infrastructure and if we get it and if it doesn't get utilized, uh, you know, it gets encroached upon and uh, it creates a impression that infrastructure just doesn't work, right? So understanding and observing this, I realized that it, in trying to solve this problem, I have to start with the PBS first because unless and until you make bicycles available and accessible to the user uh, and And then the next step should be infrastructure. So you need to bring some critical mass behind you to attract and get the confidence of the authorities to invest in a dedicated cycling infra to attract more people. So that's how I have looked at things uh, that, but then the problem is for a city like Ahmedabad, this strategy would have worked. But when I look at applying the strategy in Bangalore, maybe it won't because it is so heavily congested. Ahmedabad still, at least the western part of the Ahmedabad still has very wide roads. The the city is relatively uh, cyclable, if you ask me. I don't find any issues. Uh, but in a city like Bangaluru, uh, it's, it's, there's no road space left, right? So there actually, uh, the infrastructure has become a prerequisite to, uh, you know, get some traction uh, uh, when you launch a PBS there. Would, would you say that's the only factor, just the bits of the road and um, uh, the congestion? Or is there anything else that you have might have uh, come across? Uh, I mean, honestly, uh, uh, that, that's the primary thing that I can think of. Uh, as I said, yeah, uh, it's not about users don't want to cycle. Uh, it's all about what is more convenient to them. Let, let's take another example. If you're living in Mumbai, and if it's a weekday, uh, would you prefer to go from Borivali to Churchgate in a car or would you prefer public transport? You'll prefer public transport. But if it's a Sunday, you might think of taking your car, right? So the point is, as long as the roads are empty, people will prefer to take private vehicle because that will be the more convenient option. But as long, but as soon as the roads get choked, you will look at alternatives. So, so uh, it's all about making your offering more convenient, more accessible. It's not about pricing. Uh, people spend much more 
than what they spend on public transport, right? It's all about focusing on convenience, 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 making the multimodal mobility a seamless experience. Uh, as if we can keep focusing on that and keep trying hard at that again and again and again, eventually people will have to shift. Uh, people will come. No matter, they will continue to aspire about their cars, but they will have to adopt public transport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can waste your money on a car and keep it, but you can use it for some <laughs> other purpose. But in the city, I guess, uh, short mobility and the needs, if you can solve 50 to 60 to 80% of your trips that you do within your neighborhood using this or use it as a last mile, I do think a great amount of uh, congestion can be avoided. And uh, I think uh, you're absolutely right. How do you create conveniences now? Right. So one of the conveniences that you have focused on or public bicycle sharing systems are efficiently focused on is the uh, last mile, because, you know, there is an assured main line which is carrying lots of people. And, you know, there is always traffic going into these trains and buses and you're just giving them this and saying, keep it in your house, use it to get to maybe not this. If you don't have a bus stand nearby, you can go to this train station instead. <coughs> Excuse me. So you are able to do that. Are there any other use cases you have seen? Because I have heard of people just using the shared bicycle as a exercise equipment for the morning. Is that a large portion of rides that is happening? So when we started, certainly 90% uh, of our trips were predominantly before the office hours and after the office hours. So uh, we, we can say that health and leisure was the primary use case for public bicycle. When we launched in, that was expected. You can't expect people to straight away start cycling to work. You know, the first step is to get them to cycling and then you build upon that. But I'm very happy and gives me a lot of satisfaction to say that if I open my dashboard right now and I see the last 90 days trend, 60% trips are now happening between 9 a.m. and 8 p.m. That signifies nice. that the system is growing upon the consumer and he's now looking at accepting it for commute purpose as well. Uh, what has helped achieve this? It's not that cycles were not existent before. It's the design of the bike itself. So I'm still surprised that none of the consumer bikes have ever really focused on increasing the utility of the bicycles by adding a basket or, you know, that actually is one of the biggest reasons why people use my bike for commute purpose, because we have that sturdy basket that can take up to 10 kgs of weight and the basket sits on the frame, not on the handle. So irrespective of whatever load you put on it, you know, you can easily maneuver it. Uh, no one has tried to understand that if I'm a user, if I'm carrying a laptop bag, will I be confident putting it back where I can't see it and waiting through the traffic or would I be more assured and secured about it if it's in my front, right? So this one feature is one of, one of the biggest feature which can enable a user to use cycle in many more use cases, right? Uh, I've seen uh, videos of users uh, putting the 10 liter Bizzlery can in their basket and, you know, uh, riding their way back and putting in stories. So, yeah, it, it's growing up on it, it. It is health and leisure uh, uh, as a first step, but eventually it will grow and uh, people will uh, transition to using it for commute as well. I think this is a very interesting point you raised is that bicycles are still sold at the showroom without anything on them, right? With the seat on it. So if you, if you put a bicycle with only a seat on it, people will only use it for carrying themselves around. If you want them to carry something else, you have to show them that it is possible to carry that. I've never, I've not seen maybe a couple of times in a store, a full built bike 
with bags, with pannier racks, even the selling part, not just the PBS part. All PBS are at least having baskets on them. It's almost like if I put a basket on a bike, people are not going to buy it. Right? So they sell the the road bikes and other bikes in a, in a different way. I think if you show them a fully built, it's like when you go and buy a scooter, nobody, first thing they do is open and see how much carrying capacity it has. Because in your mind, it's first utility. Yeah. Right. So I think we have, to, we have to go a long way in trying to even display these things with these accessories. So people get an idea of how this bicycle can be used. Your images of the bisleri carrying thing, and it makes a powerful imagery that you can use this for everything other than just cycling around in the morning. And yeah. that goes a long way because people are also thinking, how do I use this? What do I use this for? You show somebody going into a metro station, you go some show someone parking and buying groceries and putting it over there. It's a powerful imagery, I think, uh, that you caught on. I'll take this moment to plug uh, our CFAM newsletter because we cover a lot of these things in that. Uh, please go to CFAM, cfam.substack.com and subscribe to the newsletter. There was one out this week, which is focusing on, uh, apart from many things, Pedal Chalet, which is being inaugurated on Sunday. So if you're listening to this Come to Pedal Chalet at Cabin Park. Uh, it is the bicycle training program that is being launched by DULT, Directorate of Urban Land Transport, in association with many non-profits, uh, including CFOS and Bangalore Bicycling School. Uh, this goes back to what Arjit was also saying, is that people need to start learning to get on a bicycle and confidently ride the streets. That's what Pedal Chalet is trying to achieve, is by putting, telling people... Uh, just get on the bicycle and ride confidently on the streets that exist today. Yes, there is congestion, but that goes back to what we were talking, right? Congestion is a natural disincentive. If you try to not have too much of congestion, people think the roads are empty and they, are, they tend to clog them with more motor vehicles, right? That's the Javan's paradox we talk about. But at the same time, congestion can be, you know, irritating for many people. You know, people are honking at you. There's not enough elbow room. There's not enough space. So at the end of the day, you're exhausted cycling in congested traffic. We need to make the difference between being exhausted mentally a little bit. Not all of us. Some of us don't care about it, but some newbies might. But it is not unsafe. Let us make the distinction. Empty roads are unsafe because vehicles travel at fast speeds. When congestion is there, you are safer because all vehicles, you are going faster than the vehicles on the bicycle. I mean, you yeah. can squeeze through, you can just step out, squeeze through, you can go, you can use other pathways that are not mm -hmm. existing that the vehicles can't go through. So it is an advantage. Don't people in congested cities should think of the bicycle as actually a way to beat congestion uh, and, uh, and uh, be safe on the roads and not try to do this empty road. When you, when the road is empty, you do feel safer. I mean, you, you feel not much hassles. Nobody's harassing you, but it's very dangerous because people might be traveling at a fast clip. I keep saying this in almost every other episode, but I think it is useful to note because a lot of adoption in the cities will come in congested cities for cycling. And it cannot be called an unsafe uh, city. But uh, coming back to this, will before we get into the business model, you are working in what now, six, seven cities now, at least? Uh, we are there in six and hopefully we are launching Mysuru next month, so seven. Yeah. So that will make that seven. Do you see any difference in the way these cities have responded to PBS? It could be people, it could be government. 
how have they responded where is the adoption more where is it less who's driving this change is it the people or is it the government i mean you can compare so, between two different yeah so uh, surprisingly we have had more or less a very similar response in all the cities that we have been but uh, one city that has really surprised us is indore uh, it's it's growing very fast and it's gobbling cycles like anything i mean we started with about 100 bicycles last year and today we are at 1500 bicycles and we are adding 50 to 100 bicycles every month so we are surprised at wow. the pace at which that city is uh you know adopting public bike share and i mean the reasons i mean what what i i feel is one of the one of the reasons that is working in our favor is a that it's a tier 2 city so mm-hmm. uh, you know the bicycle can be looked as a complete vehicle in itself where you can do an end to end commute of 4 to 5 kilometers uh it's the cleanest city of this country so that has certainly helped because uh, you know when the roads are clean where they're not uh, full of dirt or filth uh, you don't mind riding a bicycle you're not your your clothes are not getting soiled so that is another reason but the third most important reason is that the city gave us capital subsidy and because of that we were able to price our product very cheaply so right now a pbs bike costs twice as expensive as a normal bicycle because you have to invest in the iot because of the capital subsidy we were able to price it so that when a user is equating whether i should buy or rent uh, clearly rent wins uh, the pricing was that attractive as a result and with a lot of brilliant pr around the entire pbs again thanks to the authorities they had a brilliant pr machinery working for them the user was educated to the minutest detail that this is how you are going to get a bicycle this is how it unlocks these are the various pricing options this is the deposit this is refundable and repeatedly again and again and again and again a combination of all these factors has led to you know indoor really growing very fast for us as a city so indoor really shines out uh, we have had good success in ahmedabad kochi is really picking up now it took us a year to figure that mm-hmm. city out it rains a lot there but people are really uh, adopting my bike now and it's growing especially to use to oh. so in kochi uh, you have this fort kochi area uh, that is where a lot of mm-hmm. tourists are adopting uh, my bike uh, and then we have the stations along the metro corridor where people are using it for first and last mile so these are the two use cases that we're seeing there one city where i feel we could do better and it's not really picking up as quickly as we thought is the mumbai metro Uh, probably mm. one reason being that again the metro is an incomplete network it's just line 2 and 7 which is like hardly 20% of the entire mumbai area so probably when the metro is, is network is complete that's when uh, mass adoption will come up so more or less similar experience in all the cities satya Do you think the suburban, the local train system in Mumbai has an opportunity, or it's it's a different crowd that might not? Oh, it's not a work? big opportunity. It's a big opportunity, but sadly, their policies don't allow for uh, PBS. Uh, so that's mm-hmm. one of the biggest pain points. You know, working with different authorities. Uh, it's a legacy organization, the Indian Railways. So it's very difficult to. um get policies out which are completely radically different from what they have done uh, in the past yeah it's easier to work with modern so age that... authorities like metro and uh, uh, mm. smart cities yeah yes sir. so that brings me to this whole uh, uh, 
so before we get into the government side of things and understand what it is let's go back to the business model uh, when 2017 happened the ofo mobile craze where all the chinese vehicles were dumped uh, in mass graves that caught a lot of public attention but nobody will talk about the fact that uh, they, they think that the bicycle sharing has disappeared after that you know nobody does bicycle sharing anymore everything went into the grave and there's no more bicycle sharing in the world anymore but interestingly there is still <laughs> just found out last week i think uh, i shared it with you as well was uh, there are at least three companies which are uh, operating in almost 100 cities they're having thousands of rides every day so there is a noisy way to ruin this thing and there is a softer way to make it successful uh, in your opinion why do you think those big guys failed i'm not asking oh. if the public bicycle sharing model failed those big guys who cost a lot of who who came in with these big things only they failed it's like it's like saying the dot com bubble didn't kill the internet it only killed a few people who were you know misbehaving maybe if you call it that i mean i i've given it a thought a lot of times and the only reason that i can mm. find out is uh, because these guys raised a lot of venture money very quickly uh, they were under pressure to grow and uh, bike share is is a tech game but it's before tech it's an ops game so you really need to get your ops right uh, in one city uh, make it clinical and then you should look to expand mm. to other cities uh what these guys did was they started expanding into multiple cities because they had raised money very quickly and the operations problem then compounded because you don't have to solve the problem for just one city you have to then solve it for all the cities and while you are trying to solve this problem you are continuing to grow so the problem is compounding by as you are trying to solve mm. and that's one of the reasons that all these guys i mean ofo at its peak raised about 700 billion dollars uh, so did uh, mobile and uh, in fact this is what piyush asked me in, uh, sadly it was edited out but piyush mm-hmm. came with this strong uh, perception that shared mobility uh, you know has failed a mobile can ofo we have many examples including indian examples and mm-hmm. i told him but that's exactly what we have solved at my bike because we were bootstrap for the first 7 years i as a founder could go deep into the minutest of problems and solve this problem and now i'm here looking to scale because operations is the least of my worries Uh, so this was primarily why these guys failed you know so the operation cost coming down is definitely a big bargain right i mean you transferred the ownership of course that also means uh you can't sweat the asset as much as somebody else would uh, would that would that be like you said you no know, it's it's tied in the hands of the user while he or she is having it in her house and in in, in their house and it's not being used has that brought down your ability to earn more is it marginally more or is it substantially more if you had if you could release that bicycle more often so uh, satya uh, when you do a paper ride model maybe you are able to do 2x of the revenue per bike that i am generating but then your mm-hmm. expenses are maybe 4x so mm-hmm. for me being a, a bootstrap organization i had to focus at bottom line not at top line So no, but for, for anybody also, right? For anybody yeah. now, I think bottom line is a big thing, right? So that's where I'm going with this question: is is that okay? Answer it with the bottom line in mind, because everybody needs to be profitable now. We are, why did I ask that question? Was they were not right? It's not that they didn't have 
the ability to invest in ops and burn more and scale faster because if you put rocket fuel it needs to go to the moon you can't put rocket fuel and it rides on the road like a bicycle right so are you looking to see that will rocket fuel help or is there a bottom line positive way of running is there unit profitability in bicycle sharing services have you cracked that part in your opinion so satya right now i can confidently say that we are achieving a four years payback on our assets uh, on our bicycles i am mm-hmm. talking at a city level profitability nice. at a company level we are ebitda neutral uh, but mm. let me talk at a city level profitability because at a company level if we scale then uh, uh you know this overheads would be only a fraction of the overall costs uh, of the operations uh, but at a city level profitability uh the revenue minus the expenses uh, we are able to pay back for our assets in 4 years which honestly is not that great uh, mm. we wish to bring it down to somewhere around 36 months but if we really want to attract venture capitalists then we'll have to bring that asset down to 20 that pay back down to 24 months that would mean mm. that the uh, end user pricing would become quite expensive uh, and that is where we feel that yes a government assistance in terms of it could be purely capital financing so the government owning the asset and we becoming an operating partner uh, i think if that kind of a model can be achieved then this is certainly a sustainable and scalable business model uh, financially as well because yeah that's because the uh, operationally you can be profitable it's just the cap- capex that uh... Uh, is going to kill the whole thing but yeah. let's ask that question again right uh what is the incentive for the government to own bicycles they are uh, in fact right now they want to own trains okay they want to buy trains put trains uh, they want to buy buses i think that also is a big deal they are not buying enough buses but why would they want to the minute i say the government should buy cycles half the people in india are going why should they be in the cycle business what would <laughs> your answer be firstly sathi i like you i am equally surprised that when you have a ppp model where the government is investing in the capex and the operators are not even taking revenue risk they are getting mm. paid with fixed or uh, uh, you know operating uh, service charges and just need to maintain the sls here we have public bike share operators who are investing in the capex who are investing in the opex taking on the revenue risk uh so yeah that's too much to ask uh, i don't understand why government are uh, wary of investing in bicycles maybe because other operators have created such a bad example and the visuals were in front of us right the internet is flooded with bicycles lying here and there uh probably you know once bitten twice shy is possibly one of the reasons but yeah, yeah. i yeah. just don't know why there is a mental block in terms of why this model can't be evolved into a ppp model where the government invests in the fleet and it appoints operators like us to operate it yeah i think it uh, in my view it just goes back to what do they look at the bicycle as if it is treated as a personal vehicle like your scooter and you are operating it for profit they say it's a private business if they consider or worst case they will say this is ipt right which is independent para transit intermediate para transit which is like an auto rickshaw right which which is privately owned and plied and i give you licenses and this and that and then you are responsible it is not strictly defined as a public transport mode that is one reason they don't want to get inside i have a flip case to that i said it is not necessary that you only get into the public transport mode of owning assets 
to me these mainline modes do not come to your doorstep your train doesn't come to a person's doorstep the bus doesn't come to a person's doorstep your revenue you are competing today against private modes which start and end at a doorstep unless you go as far as you can to the person's doorstep you are not going you are always going to be competing with two hands tied behind your back public transport is fighting that battle day in and day out because they can never be competitive with a private vehicle until they try to reach the doorstep and these modes like bicycles give you that opportunity and auto rickshaws could as well maybe e bikes could as well but these things are like you have your hand you invested in but you forgot the fingers these things help you so why don't you consider this as an extension of your public transport service integral to your service you charge additionally for that or you discount that and say if i can use this to reach and it's a peanut cost i don't know i don't think it is going to cost much for a public transport operator to buy 10000 bicycles or 1 lakh bicycles and put it on the road right i mean what will it cost 2 and a half crores 20 crores i don't know what is the number what could it be and that's not even the cost what, of 10 whatever buses whatever the number be would be a fraction of their overall expenditure on their system right exactly and it lets you compete with the private vehicle because that's what you are asking people to do get out of your vehicle and come to my bus or come to my train but you cannot reach the train to everybody's doorstep and this provides you an opportunity so if you invest in the capex and put out a net cost contract or a gross cost contract or just do a, a o&m contract with uh, operators it does serve a lot of purpose and it's a fraction that word that you use arjit is interesting right if it is a fraction why don't you treat this as an extension of your service and even if you do want to do a ppp like you said why not do fare discounting for example right you could give okay. a 20% off on people who who use the public pbs are they doing uh, is any of the cities doing that no none of them in fact satya i'll just share an example with you in ahmedabad the brts has an unlimited pass of 750 rupees okay hmm. uh we have an unlimited plan of 600 rupees now hmm. individually my bike gets 600 rupees you are not getting the communication right like it's a rental bike 600 rupees is expensive uh when you look at the brts it's an unlimited pass at 750 looks very attractive but the point is the cost of commuting from first and last mile is expensive but when you mm. bundle the two and you sell it as unlimited mobility across amdavad for 1350 rupees a month amazing now that's a very powerful communication and that's a very attractive product and that's what we are trying to do here but sadly this is not catching the imagination of the public transport authorities and that's the sad part i think this should be a call out i think we should we should talk about this a little more about uh, where we take this model not just for you as an operator let's think about the whole public bicycle sharing itself uh, i think that is a key to the uptake of all the crores of rupees you're sinking into the metro 500 crores 700 crores per kilometer is what your cost of building a metro is in delhi and bangalore and all these kind of places you're thinking in 700 crores per kilometer it could vary between 5 to 6 700 you put these things but look at that how many vehicles can you buy which reach you could give a cycle to everyone who can take it to their home and come back absolutely and yet still not even feel a pinch anywhere 
I think we're missing the forest for the trees, I feel, the public transport authorities and the mainline modes. It's not just, I'm not speaking just because Arjit is over here. It, it, it works for all of these other modes which are actually being used as a last mile. And it also leads Absolutely. to a cultural way of, uh, uh, I think more people will pick up a bicycle if they start using public bicycle sharing. There's also a, there's a mode familiarity. Why do the people, why do people pick up shared scooters? Because I know how to ride a scooter. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm using it at home. So I find one if it's easy to pay. The friction is only the payment. Yeah, right now the friction is the bicycle and the whole form factor. And how do I, how does this thing, do I die on the roads? There's so many friction points that we are trying to address. So as civil society, some of the things we are doing, Arjit, is also to try and see how we can reduce the friction of the mode share familiarity. Uh, one of the things that we were trying to do with this pedal chalet also was to get the mode share familiarity going. This is not an alien instrument. If you get on it, you're not going to fall down and die and get in, um, you know, um, uh, go under a vehicle, you know, don't be so paranoid about this thing. Feel it. It's a friendly animal. It's your pet. Yeah. We have to get that familiarity going unless you go around. And I think I agree with you, you know, so start uh, using it for exercise. Just get, get used to it. So when you see it in the metro, you don't look at it like, what is this thing? I don't know. Then, of course, uh, payment frictions and other things. But uh, coming back to government, you think, uh, are they... Are they even interested in this? What is the feeling you get? The authority, the transport authorities, these corporations that run these uh, trains and buses, the city authorities who want to do these things, do they really want bicycles or do they think, no, not now, not yet, too soon? I mean, if I have to speak my mind, I, I, I think the intent is not uh, there. Uh, uh, while the center has a lot of policies in place, but when it comes down to implementation, uh, um, there's a serious lack of intent. I mean, look at the cycle for uh, India Cycles for Change campaign. As long as the campaign was live, uh, cities were trying to do something. Uh, but as as soon as the campaign ended, what's happening next? So basically, then you are doing something just because the center's policies you know, are asking you to do, uh, your own self-will is completely missing. I think there is lack of belief. Uh, and what I've also ex experienced is while the bureaucracy is interested, the political will is missing. Uh, Excellent uh, point. You know, in, in one or a few cities where the bureaucrats have really tried to go out of the way and try to push things, hmm. I don't understand why politicians look at it as a huge risk for themselves and for their vote bank. I mean, any inch of road space that you ask to carve out, I mean, as if as if you have asked them for their kidneys. <laughs> One so and a half meters. I, I keep telling people your car tire also won't fit in that space. Why don't you just give it away? It's usually filled with dirt and dust anyway. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's an also, interesting sir, point. What do you hear? Yeah, yeah, please. Sorry. No, no, no. How how was that? How how have you seen these politicians react? Because I've had my own stories with them as well. But I'm interesting. I'm interested to hear how it is in the other states that you've been to. Honestly, Satya, I never meet politicians. Uh, I have just dealt with bureaucrats. Uh, I would like to keep a distance. Uh, uh, just like all of us. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, I mean, I have no experience barring one politician I met at the start of my journey. And who gave me the go-ahead to start a pilot in Ahmedabad. I have not met a single politician otherwise. 
I would okay. like to work with the bureaucrats. I would love to work within the system and try to crack this thing because uh, you can take uh, help of a politician and get a one time one time thing done. But unless and until it's ingrained in the policy and the structure of the corporation, that thing uh, your your entire efforts will go wasted as soon as the politician goes. So it's better to work within the system within the framework uh, to build something that lasts long. Yeah. Ajit, have you, you tried see- pitching yeah. this? Uh, have you tried pitching your Indo model to any other cities? Because there seems to be some initiative there. I mean, if if you compare it to other cities, so have you tried pitching that to other? I mean, any other authority? So, Nirav, uh, most of the cities who implemented PBS uh, was because of the Smart Cities Mission program. You know, uh, as I said, the center did come up with a policy where it mandated uh, cities to focus on pedestrianization and uh, introducing public bike share, improving first and last mile connectivity. Uh, now that mission has ended right and there's lack of clarity as to what next so right now we are not really seeing any initiative coming from the cities but honestly if you ask me the initiative should come from the public transport authorities they are the biggest beneficiaries of a public bike share because by creating and inviting a pba system they are enabling more people to be fed into their underutilized public transport systems initiative should actually come from them uh, and the good part about my bike is because of the subscription model, we are dependent on space only at public transit junctions, which is already under their jurisdiction. So you are not dependent on the city to at least get started in a city. Of course, once you have rolled out, then you can also tie up with the corporations with smart cities and try to expand your footprint uh, at public parks or for health and leisure. Uh, but 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 to get started, you just need to create presence along the public transit corridor. Got it. Uh, yeah, no, I was saying that's quite an interesting point, but so in, in, in the my bike roadmap as you go ahead, is uh, pitching to public transport authorities or just working with these authorities like what is the weightage that you would assign to just working with them? Because that I would say that that's quite an aside for I mean for like your business operations, but then what's what how do you value that? Just working with these authorities and pitching to them in particular. So, so Nirav, in case of tier two and tier three cities, more or less public transport is missing. So there, the PBS becomes a public transport rather than complementing to a public transport system. So those cities, it makes sense to work with the with the city authorities with corporations, right? Yeah. But when you come to tier one cities, uh, we would like to exclusively work with the public transport authorities. So, like what we have done in Bombay, we are working with the MMRDA. And we are right now present across Metro Line 2 and 7. We would like to work with an Indian Railways and create presence across the Western Line and the Central Line and the Harbour Line. So for Tier 1 cities, it, it is more prudent to work with public transport authorities. And that is where we are pushing them for a PPP model. Because the metros have funds. They have lots of money with them. They can definitely invest in the bicycles. And they can come up with a bundled subscription which offers users complete end-to-end connectivity starting right from their home coming to the metro and from metro all the way to their destination uh, that would be a very powerful packaging which the metros can do uh, we just need to catch their imagination yeah. so extending that thought into the future uh, uh, we have established that there is a future for public bicycle sharing i have not bought this angle uh, but it is definitely something that we have to consider there is no other way to decongest the city 
And if you want to tackle any climate change goals anywhere, the transportation externalities need to be handled by bicycle, walking, public transport, and these kind of modes. And the mode share needs to be vastly larger than what it is now. And I think Arjit has helped us answer this question that public bicycle sharing will thrive. But the question is, will it thrive in the large metro cities? Or is it too soon? Again, is there... People almost seem to think that you have to go through certain nonsense that you do before you get into all the sensible things. I had written this article about are we are are we not rich enough for public transportation and cycling? I think it's a fallacy. I think a lot of people are already adopting. But what is your views? Will you succeed, Arjit, in large metro cities? Not you necessarily. We'll talk about PBS in general, including you. Do you think the other people who have ran away from this are, do, do you think you should, you, you initially said you needed more competition. Do you think you should tell them that you guys should come back and let's make this work? Don't be so afraid. You're not going to lose your pants. Absolutely. In fact, when uh, we were advocating for a policy in Ahmedabad, despite being a local player, we strongly protested a tender system and we advocated a permit-based system. I, in fact, reached out to a competitor and called him and said, you have to be in Ahmedabad because the challenge in front of us is market creation, not market capturing. Tomorrow, my bike would have raised millions of dollars and yet that would be inadequate to satisfy the demand uh, that the market has to offer. Right. So certainly we need more and more players. And one of the reasons why I'm here today with you guys is if, if, if any of the competitors are listening, let's not, uh, you know, Let's keep faith and let's give a second shot at uh, public bike share. I've already shared whatever insights I could share. I would be happy to share more, but we need more players to give it a second attempt. You know, uh, in terms of Metro City, Satya, yes, uh, the task looks uh, very uh, uphill. It's an uphill task uh, purely because the, the, the size and scale of the challenge is so big, right? And you'd need millions of cycles to really make an impact uh, in that kind of a city. That's one of the reasons why we are getting success in tier two, tier three cities, because the ticket size is relatively smaller. Uh And that is what we are able to invest in. So if we have to really crack tier one cities, you can't do without uh, public-private partnership. You need large sums of capital, cheap cost of capital, uh, almost interest-free, if I may say so. Um, Uh pool in whatever CSR contributions, whatever climate impact investments you can to invest in that fleet and uh, leave it to the operators to monetize monetize it for you. Unless and until you you have that large scale uh, uh, investment uh, coming into tier one cities, it would be very difficult to make an impact. And that's one of the reasons why we are not able to enter Bangalore, right? Unless and until you start with a scale and you have the backup that if demand comes, you will be able to keep feeding that demand with more and more fleet. Uh, uh, it's difficult to crack open a large city like that. Right. No, I remember the conversation with you. You said without, if you put just come with uh, 500 bikes, it will disappear in one corner of Whitefield. <laughs> <clears throat> you will need about 10,000 bicycles here to begin to make a mark. <clears throat> but that's a very interesting way forward you have mentioned. <clears throat> I think I'd, let's... Uh, conclude this with some ideas on uh, from you on uh, the future of uh, public bicycle sharing will this be the only model that you think will survive do you think the old models can come back if there is enough capital do you think there will be enough demand in time 
what is the time range you are looking at uh, do you think people can pick up can pbs pick up let's say people obviously have to pick it up can pbs pick up uh, by 20 28 2030 or is it uh, is it is it going to be longer in it's all a function of how quickly we can get the uh, dedicated infra in place i mean mm-hmm. uh, if you tell me that tomorrow Bangalore is going to have an entire network of bike lanes covering the length and breadth of the city, I think it will not take more than three, four years to capture the entire city and get everyone to ride a bicycle. So okay. it's it's really a function of how quickly you can get uh, the, the, the <laughs> prerequisites in place. They're putting two it, and a half kilometers per year. They're putting two and a half kilometers of cycle lane a year. In 100 years, you'll get 25 kilometers or 250 kilometers. And we have 2,000 kilometers of arterial roads alone. So don't give me that math. Uh, We need people who are confident of riding on the current roads as well. It is slow enough. I don't think it is going to be all that bad. There is fast roads, high corridor roads. Again, those 2,000 kilometers of it. That's the the common amount in most cities. So 2,000 into you take the top five cities. That'll be around 10,000 kilometers of cycle tracks is what you need. At one crore a pop, you're talking about 10,000 crores. It's not too much money. That's not too much. Uh, if you add the footpaths to it, uh, tender sure quality, that's 10 crore a pop. That's around um, 100,000 crore. That's good money for politicians to put some very, really good infrastructure. Five cities, you can get nice, good infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Satya, we don't even have to invest that much. My, my, In fact, this is where probably my thoughts are too radical. But, you know, we don't, to get started, we don't really need that kind of infra. All we need is a demarcation uh, on the existing roads, okay, and a physical barrier for the safety of the cyclists and to ensure that that's a cycle and other vehicles right. can encroach upon. And more importantly, mm. with something that I've been professing for a lot of time, uh, you should not create bicycle lanes on the left side of the road uh, when they are not, uh, you know, uh, I mean, protected. Uh, like, when you're not investing heavily on them, let's start with the median of the road because you're automatically by design eliminating encroachment, eliminating parking, uh, eliminating uh, pedestrians walking on cycle lanes because you don't have proper footpaths. You are by design eliminating a lot of problems by bringing cycle tracks on the median of the road to get started. And once you have some critical mass behind you, once you have budgets allocated for creating cycle infra, you can go back to the ideal way of having dedicated cycle tracks on the left side of the road. So I think you're very right about that. There are lots of uh, options that have been tried out in Bengaluru. You, we saw this, uh, we put it on the right side of the service lane and all the wrong side traffic got in. We put in these b- b- bollards uh, on the outer ring road and there's one more in Whitefield now and all the wrong side vehicle users are using it. There is a cultural shift that is required. I think we'll save that conversations for another day. There is a cultural shift about how we value public property and other people's rights on the road. I think we need to go into that and, and uh, in, in a detailed way to see you cannot keep encroaching on everybody's space thinking it's your right on the road right you can't park on the footpath you can't drive on the cycle lane if you don't respect these basic common things as a citizen you failed your whole country this is where we have to go with this whole messaging but there are lots of tactics on the urban planning side i'll get someone on the call Uh, let's talk about that piece as well the social change piece we've been doing a lot of work and there are experiments that are succeeding to a small extent but we need them in volumes, like you said. If there are barricades, we need like 100 kilometers of barricades. 
uh and then go and go for hell and make sure that it works and get people used to having it and not riding on it and not misusing it there's no other way you yeah. can put this thing down other than make it a taboo to foil these uh, things but i see a good future thanks sarjit for coming on our show and uh, it has been extremely enlightening thank you for sharing your thoughts i think we have a bright future ahead of us it may take a little longer than we thought uh, but stay the course and uh, good luck to everything you do thanks thanks satya thanks nirav uh, truly enjoyed the session and yeah i hope uh, there are more players uh, who who get inspired and uh, who join this uh, this difficult battle but i'm sure the success is going to be there it's just a matter of time yeah